You're listening to All The Best. I'm Danny Stewart. This week, we're asking the question, what does queer liberation look like? For a lot of queer people, identifying with a particular label can be a source of empowerment. But personally, it's something I've always kind of struggled with, especially when it comes to filling out forms that ask, which LGBTQIA group do you identify with? And then only allow you to tick the one box when I definitely think that more than one box describes me. I find queer to be the label I'm most comfortable with in these one box situations. To me, queer feels all encompassing of both my sexual attraction and gender expression. But labels are more than just words and the word queer is a particularly complicated one. Our first story this week is a rerun from early 2018. In the months following the marriage equality plebiscite, Ange talks to different LGBT plus people about their relationship with labels. Hey, I'm Angela, but I prefer Ange. When I'm called Angela, it reminds me of getting told off as a child. I feel a little apologetic, maybe even a little defensive. So call me Ange, unless you're mad at me. I'm also queer. I like this word. I like the way that it's evolved from meaning something odd or strange, how it's been reclaimed in a positive light. To me, there's a sense of power in taking this word as a label, so I do. Names and words in general can carry so much power. Queer to us felt like a welcoming term. He or she, I feel, is just more succinct. The thing about queer for me is that it's liberation, like in word form. Recent experience has also lent a new weight to two very simple words, yes and no. The Australians have spoken and they have shouted yes. The no campaign has been going about its task very purposefully in pointing out the consequences if we were to change the definition of marriage. We've been lifted by support from the local cafes with vote yes signs in the windows. My daughter always tried to count them. How many yes signs do we see today? It's a weird time, and words can seem particularly potent. One of the categories of words that can be particularly defining are labels. As far as I'm concerned, um, I don't take offence at anything I'm called. I've gone with by because that was, I chose it, I guess at the time, I'd only, like, it, it kind of referenced a lot from what I was like as a teen, so just having crushes on girls and boys, like, I'm not even sure that the word encompasses all of that. It's just, it's a reference point, I suppose. It was nice to have a really specific label. I think it's kind of a luxury to have a label that people, like biphobia aside, that people know what it means. Finding a label can be empowering. To take something indefinable, something out of reach, and give it a name to make it real. Sometimes a label is just a shortcut, a bargain made with a language that fails to capture something fundamental. This linguistic compromise saves some awkwardness, or it serves a practical purpose. It's complicated. Midsummer is a queer arts festival that happens in Melbourne every summer. It's a bit like Mardi Gras, a big public celebration of queerness, with events all around the city. 
Hairs and Hyenas is a queer and alternative bookshop, and they host events all year round. So when it's midsummer time, they've got a busy roster of spoken word and other performances. It was so refreshing to be in a welcoming space where I just felt like I was part of a community. No one was heckling or judging, and it was just a safe space for expression. So I wanted to talk to some of the crowd about how they express themselves. My preferred label would probably be queer, gay or lesbian, one of those three. I'm not super fussed about it. I kind of, my relationship with labels has kind of changed. Um, initially, I liked the word bi because it was all encompassing and I felt it respected my past and all that. But then there was the politics around it of it versus pan, which can mean the same thing or can mean different. And, you know, then I was like, well, can I be both? Um, so I think I find labels honestly frustrating. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power held in labels and I think there is a lot of privilege in not being able to feel the need to use labels and I guess I still spend a lot of time reconciling what that means for me. I don't really think about it. I never think, oh, I'm a gay man because I, I hang out more in the straight scene so I, I just don't think about that sort of stuff. And maybe we don't even need labels. As soon as we qualified something, it becomes, you know, like part of a system, and I don't like that. There's a limit on labels. Um, I'm not going to spell out to you what you can and can't do. I expect you to intuit that. I don't have a label. I don't... Um, just anything positive. No word means the same thing to two people. When we say a word, we create a space, a changeable space into which flows experiences, memories, ideas, identities. And between these words, so much is left unspoken. Sometimes new words appear in these spaces. In my interviews, the word that got mentioned the most was queer. My history of that word began with Garbage's 1995 song, Queer. This was the first time I heard the word, and I really just thought it meant strange or odd. It was just a cool word that sounded jarring and unusual and sort of a bit off, but in this really appealing way, sort of like the song itself. But then I learned more about queer. It could also mean someone who wasn't straight or wasn't cis or was otherwise existing outside of these binaries. So years later, I found new power in taking the queer label for myself. But is that how everyone else feels? I think that queer is a nice label to sort of extend beyond that as a thing where it's not gender essentialist or sexuality essentialist. It's about, you know, being attracted to people. I used it though with some like older gay gentlemen and they, they were like, it wasn't cool because like from that age group, it was seen as like quite a derogatory term. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I like that word. As I started talking to other people in the LGBTIQA community, I realised that everyone has a different point of view on this one word. And that the main thing that we had in common was that many of us had thought about it. The thing about queer for me is that it's liberation, like, in word form. The very word itself, you know, weird, odd, left of centre, going against the grain. Queer encapsulates what I'm about, and it seems to encompass sexual attraction, gender performance, or just, like, general lifestyle. Queer for me is as much a verb as it is a noun and an adjective. Queering is always processual, it's always in process. 
I do like queer and I do like queer as a, a term and I think it gives um, young people who haven't quite figured out exactly how they identify yet um, a safe place. I think it's 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 nice for a kid who hasn't quite worked out, you know, exactly who they're attracted to yet to be able to say I'm queer rather than being I'm gay. Oh, wait, no, I still like these people as well, so I guess I'm not quite. And so you can sort of have that that little nice family room to hang out in while you're working out exactly um, how you identify, which I think is nice. Queer in itself, I think, has been sort of co-opted into an aesthetic, an identity, a politic, and is in itself kind of elitist. The groups that I'm part of, they're pretty intergenerational, and there's a bit of a generational divide around language sometimes, which I've noticed most around the word queer. And I can definitely understand, like, as it was historically used as a slur against us and actually still is in you know, in a few places. And I think I've heard maybe more so in regional areas still. Queer to us felt like a welcoming term and also snubbed your nose to everyone who said queer was a bad word. So it was a good word for us because before that we were punks. Something I heard in my discussion about labels stood out as a way to cope. Intent's very important, but so is how it's received. And I think that's probably something people need to be a lot more aware of. What feels good as a label for me might not feel good for someone else. When I was in the process of coming out, I took ownership of the word queer. And that word helped me to understand myself. In turn, it felt like I understood more about the word. Queer, girlfriend, gay, and all those individual words I used to describe my experience, they're my words, but they don't belong to me. A lot happens between saying a word and someone else hearing it, and that's something you can't control. So what does it mean to take a word with all its connotations, the way it sounds, the way it feels, and make it yours? If you're using a word to describe your experience and someone else uses that same word, it's easy to assume that you're talking about the same thing. As I chatted to more and more people and learned about their identities, I started to feel a bit awkward when I used the word queer. It was new to me, but it has so much history and shared understanding. It felt like I was taking home a piece of secondhand furniture, wondering how it got its little bumps and scratches, who had used it before, and where it came from. I dusted it off, repurposed it, and it took on its own place in my life. Even though it feels comfortable, and it's loaded with so much personal meaning, there's space for everyone. Now, when I talk about my identity, I want to try to acknowledge all of these different points of view, but it's hard to find the words. That story was produced by Angela Glenderman, with help from supervising producer Beck Fari. Sound design and editing by Lee Yi and Amy Hanley. We first aired Angela's story on All the Best back in 2018, and wanted to share it with you this week as we ask, what does queer liberation look like? 
Rediscovering Angie's story in our archives recently reminded me of a conversation I had with my friend Longall about why he no longer identifies as queer. Here's Longall. The reason why I don't identify as queer anymore was because initially me embracing that label was about embracing the political identity of the label as opposed to the sexual orientation of it. Um, So sexual orientations kind of exist to signal that you're, you know, potentially attracted to someone else, whereas like queer as a label was a staunch political statement that was anti-capitalist and just really rebelled against the oppressive ways that personal relationships were forced to um, be fostered under capitalism. But I've since let go of that identity because as, you know, as a Black man, as an Indigenous man, my politics are very much rooted in decolonization and land back and you know, just justice in general. And over the past couple of years of organizing in almost exclusively queer spaces, I feel like queerness as an identity has a hidden sort of whiteness to it that doesn't get really addressed that often. Yeah, and with that facet of whiteness comes the... um you know, the natural upholding of white supremacy. And that's antithetical to my personal values in politics. So because of that, I just didn't feel like the label fit me anymore. Which isn't to say that, you know, claiming the label queer means that you're not anti-racist. It's just that for me in my own personal experience, queerness hasn't been this radical political ideology that I thought it was. You know, it was radical to a certain extent where it challenged homophobia and transphobia and, you know, fought for queer liberation. But I just felt like there were limits to the liberation it was fighting for. So it was just like, oh, we're fighting for liberation for queer people instead of liberation for everyone and you know my values are liberation for everyone so because of that I'm no longer associated with that label how do you identify now um well I just go with bisexual because like I mentioned earlier it's you know it's a sexual orientation you know doesn't have any kind of inherent politic to it in a way that queerness does. What about using queer as a synonym for the LGBTQIA plus acronym? When it comes to logistics, again, I do use the term queer. So like I do use terms like queer liberation and um, like the politics of ending queerphobia, stuff like that, because um, it's logistical shorthand, if that makes sense. And it doesn't have 
um, strict boundaries as specific, you know, labels do. Um, so if someone does kind of refer to me as queer, I'm not going to correct them of anything because, you know, to an extent it's correct because I do believe in queer liberation and queer liberation is something that I'm actively working towards. So what does queer liberation look like to you? Queer liberation looks like community to me, you know? Um, Queer liberation to me looks Black and Indigenous, you know? It looks like the family systems that we have, that we're used to, you know? That was Indigenous Papua New Guinean writer and organiser Longo Wakina. You're listening to All The Best. I'm Danny Stewart. At All The Best, you can learn how to make audio documentaries, essays and fiction. If you have a story to tell, get in touch. Visit allthebestradio.com and send us your pitch. We'll pair you with one of our supervising producers to help make your story. In our final story this week, Teddy goes to a life-changing Mardi Gras party. If you're looking for an opportunity to dress up in drag for the first time and your friends invite you to their Mardi Gras-themed birthday party at the Sky City, you better not believe that I'm not going to miss that chance. (laughs) My friend Kathy invited me to her birthday party and the theme was Mardi Gras. So I thought... What a great idea to go in to the party in drag. I never dressed in drag before. I, I never owned any female clothes before. So I'm like, I need help. So I call my friends, high school friends. Girls, emergency. I need your help. So they took me to Casuarina Shopping Center. Because do you know the place to be? There's only one shopping center in Darwin at the time. They took me to Supre, because, you know, <laughs> I know my friend's really classy. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, like, only shop they can afford at the time. Um, so we walked in. We see a lot of, like, dresses, different styles, different colours. And I constantly see this half-shoulder dress in leopard print. So I thought, ooh, sexy. I might try them on. So the first time, I was putting a few more clothes at the changing room, I felt powerful. I felt so beautiful. But wait, how about the shoes? I mean, I, I got big ass 12 size <laughs> shoes. How, what am I gonna do? So we found these lace up heels that I had to cut the front bit because my fit ass foot didn't fit in it. <laughs> then makeup. I, I didn't have any makeup, I, so I had to borrow my sister's makeup and went on YouTube and searched Asian drag queen makeup tutorial. As <laughs> <laughs> I just said, I come from Thailand. I was born in Thailand, and we, I moved here when I was 15. But 
before the big move, I decided to come out to my mom as a gay man. Her first reaction was confused, and she started to cry and blaming herself. What did I done wrong? How can we fix this? Like, let's, let's find someone. Do you need help? And I was like, Mom, you can't fix any of this. <laughs> I was born this way, and I'm happy. After that, at the age of 21, right in front of Sky City, got my half-shoulder dress on, got my broken heels on. <laughs> feeling like a hot-ass hooker <laughs> right in front of a Sky City. The first moment that I stepped into the door, I was so nervous. And I was like, what if one of my Asian aunties saw me like this? And they'll tell my mom. I mean, if any audience know, if we have big family, you know they love gossip. <laughs> they love gossip. And you know, I never wear heels before. What if I fall over? What should I do? But in my head, I was like, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to do it. So imagine me walking in a sky city. I'm a ball full of confidence. But each eye contact just take away my confidence one by one. Just make me feel less and less confident and make me feel so small because of those judgmental looks and because I was looking different. But eight years after, I'm a professional drag queen who performed right in front of audience. Instead of them taking away my confidence, I turned the table around and basically give them the confidence and to inspire to other people to do what they love and they what they want to do. I mean, society these days, uh, it's getting so much better with everything, but there's still some people that don't understand and don't get any of this. I had an opportunity to go to gender clinic in Darwin. I met so many beautiful, beautiful transgender people female to male or male to female. But I was thinking, I never see them outside. I never see them in public. Why is that? I feel like I want to change that society. I feel safe enough and feel so excited to be here with all of you and to celebrate my birthday as I'm coming out to you all as a transgender woman. Thank you. Love you, Mom. That story was told by Teddy Subhanabaj. Teddy first told this story at Spun Stories, 
a live storytelling event in Darwin, showcasing extraordinary stories from the Northern Territory. Spun also has a podcast that you can find wherever you like to listen to podcasts. All the best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to Elders past and present. All the Best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal Land in association with SIN and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung lands and 8CCC on Arunda and Warramungu lands. The All the Best editorial manager is Mel Chun. Emma Tham is our social media producer and Lydia Yosefova is our community and events coordinator. Shiningberg composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we're made possible by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find out more at cbf.org.au. You can find more episodes by searching for All the Best wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danny Stewart. Thanks for listening. <laughs>